everybody. This is Pastor Michael Fields here again with you on another Wednesday night. This is the day that the Lord has made and certainly we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm, I'm really uh, so grateful for the Lord for all that the things that he has done for me personally. And I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in my life. And I'm sure the Lord is doing something great in your life as well. Well, uh, we are in part two of our series dealing with holiness. Uh, and our main theme is holiness is still right. And I want to thank you all so much for tuning in uh, here at the Greater Refuge Temple, in Washington, D.C. And of course, those of you who are tuning in uh, from our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex there in the Bronx, New York. Let's, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're so grateful for yet another day that you've made. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us in your care. I want to thank you, Lord, for saving us. Hallelujah. Bringing us out of a world of sin, delivering us, oh God. And because of you, there is hope in our tomorrow. I ask that you bless us on tonight as we go into your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, another opportunity to go into the Lord's holy word. We're coming out of the book um, of Psalms, Psalms 116, and um, verses 16 through 18. And there'll be other scriptures that we'll reference, but uh, this is where we're rooted tonight. And I'll read these verses for you. Um, it sounds like this, O oh Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. And we're going to be talking about uh, our sub theme deals with appreciating our salvation and where holiness truly begins. And we told you uh, a portion of last week that uh, if it doesn't start in here, uh, then is it really is it really holiness? And um, some of our subtopics on tonight uh, will deal with where has the respect and the reverence for holiness gone. Uh, you can't have holiness uh, without appropriate praise. We're going to talk a little bit about gratitude for God's mercy. We're going to talk a little bit also about what motivates us. Uh, what should motivate us, I should say, to live a holy life. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about being zealous for his glory. And um, the fact that living holy for God should be the norm. Uh, for every child of God. And if we have time, uh, we'll get into the nature of a child of God. We'll talk a little bit about whether or not uh, a person can backslide if we have time. And uh, finally, serving God with joy. Now, um, there's a quote that goes with the lesson on tonight. Uh, and this is the quote. It says, the heart of holiness is holiness in the heart. Uh, the heart of holiness is holiness in the heart. Right now, what's going through my mind, um, 
I don't know if she's watching on tonight or not, but uh, Sister Sandra Tyler, uh, sometimes Bishop Bonner would call her up to sing a solo, and she'd come up here with those stilettos on and get the mic, and she would open up her mouth uh, with that powerful voice and sing that song. Don't hear it that much anymore, and I wish she was here tonight so she could sing a little bit of it. She would sing, It's In My Heart. Yes, a melody of love divine. It's in my heart since I am his and he is mine. It's in my heart. How can I help but sing and shout? It's in my heart. It's in my heart. And that's where holiness begins. And we're going to get into it a little bit. Uh, but there, there are a whole lot of people that are looking the part. Uh, but even Jesus said, you have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. You have a form of godliness, but you're, deny you're denying rather the power, the power thereof. So um, first we need to talk about the fact that holiness is not some type of optional accessory, you know, something you have on the dresser and when you're ready to put it on, you, you put it on. Uh, it's not something that you just add to your life haphazardly. Uh, holiness is essential. Uh, let me say it again. Holiness, say it with me. Holiness is essential. So, uh, child of God, if you're not striving to grow in holiness, uh, if you're not striving to please God and live a holy life, because like we said last week, uh, the word of God says, be ye holy for I am holy. Then, uh, the truth of the matter is, if you're not willing to live holy before him, then perhaps we should uh, examine whether or not we're really a child of God, uh, whether or not we really know Christ or not. Uh, every blood-bought, I should say, born-again believer uh, should have a desire to please God, a desire to please God, not man, but God, uh, because it was Jesus it was Jesus that died on the cross for us. No man died for you. No man shed his blood for you, for your sins. No man's blood was qualified to wash away your sins. Hallelujah. But it was Jesus. Uh, and because he is our example of holiness, we should follow his example. Since holiness is such an important matter then, then uh, it's not surprising then that the enemy would want to pull us away from living holy. Uh, actually, uh, to infiltrate the church uh, and to contaminate the church, uh, those in the church in such a way where people today are saying, well, uh, again, it doesn't take all of that. You don't have to do this. Uh, and uh, one of the lies that's being told uh, in the church world um, deals with a, a legalistic approach because there, there are those who are quite legalistic in their approach as it relates to what holiness is all about. Um, and the legalists will say that uh, if we're going to be holy there, there are rules and regulations, of course, that you must adhere to. Uh, and these rules, mind you, uh, are man-made rules. They're not necessarily based on the word of God. And I know I'm gonna get in trouble, but some folks uh, because they base their whole life in the church based on what man has said uh, and never t 
taking thought on whether or not it's in God's word or is this something that God is pleased with. Uh, the legalist doesn't deal with matters of the heart. Uh, the legalist just says, do what I say, do. This is the rule, follow the rule, do it, or I'll put you out. Do it, you know, or you're going to hell. And it's not even in the word of God. Uh, so the legalist doesn't deal with matters of the heart, but rather with outward performance, outward performance. Remember those words, outward performance. So, um, and the legalist really thinks that your relationship with God or his relationship with God is just fine as long as you keep the rules. Um, I wouldn't even say they're God's rules. They're just house rules. If you just, if you just do what I say, then you're holy. You're okay. You're going to make it um, quite Pharisaic. And this, this is how the Pharisees operated. I'm going I'm to take you to the gospel according to St. Mark chapter seven, verses six through eight. And listen to what, listen to what Jesus says, uh, you know, because they're getting on Jesus. They're looking at uh, the apostles and some of them didn't wash their hands and you're not following the rules. They're looking at Jesus and they're not holy, uh, you know. So this, listen to what Jesus says. I'll begin at verse six, verses six through eight, gospel according to St. Mark. He answered and said unto them, uh, well, has Isaiah prophesied of you? Hypocrites. This is what Jesus is calling him. Hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips. They're honoring me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines, listen to this, Jesus said you're teaching for doctrines, hallelujah, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. He said it's not even my commandments, you're teaching for doctrine, commandments of men, hallelujah, for laying aside the commandment of God. Behold, the tradition of men has nothing to do with my traditions, has nothing to do. And, and proof of that, sometimes in the New Testament, instead of saying the feast of God, it's now the feast of the Jews. And they would take it and do whatever they wanted to do with it. But he says, for laying aside the commandments of God, behold, the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. Uh, and he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. So he said, you've gotten so bad until you move the word of God away and you pull in your tradition and you're trying to make people think that if they don't follow your rule, if they don't do what you say, then you're casting them into hell. Well, uh, number one, man didn't make hell. Uh, God created hell and it wasn't created for his children. It created for Satan uh, and the fallen angels. That's a totally different, totally different lesson. I'll come to that one day. Uh, but rightly, um, the prophet Isaiah prophesied and, uh, and he says of you hypocrites, as is written, this people honor me with their lips. Hallelujah. But their hearts are far from me. That's, that's something that Isaiah said it. Uh, even before Jesus rebuked the Pharisees about it, uh, Isaiah said it, and he talked to them. He said, but in vain they do worship me, teaching his doctrines, the, the precepts of men, neglecting the commandment of God, ye hold to the tradition of men. So Jesus is pulling up uh, the prophecy that Isaiah 
prophesied, and now Jesus is letting them know the prophecy is unfolding. You all have have pushed my word out and you're pulling in all of these rules and regulations that you've made up and it has nothing to do with being holy of God. And I know some of you are tightening up, uh, but when you think about it, it's true. Some, some of the stuff you hear has nothing to do with being holy. Hallelujah. Holy. Everything is about how you look and not too much is said about what's on the inside. Now, uh, concerning the rules of legalism, and we're back to legalism. Uh, listen to what Paul says in the in the book of Colossians, chapter two, verse twenty-three. He says, "Which things have indeed a show of wisdom, and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh." Uh, and this is Paul is saying these are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom uh, but it's self-made religion uh, it's self-abasement severe treatment of the body these these people were going around beating themselves and cutting themselves to to show humility but he said it's a, it's it's false uh it's a it's something that is totally legalistic uh that has no value right and and back then they were walking around with uh, philatrophies on their head, little little things uh, that would hold a, a scripture in it and walking down the street trying to look holy. And Jesus looked at him one day and said, you're nothing but an empty sepulcher. Uh, you look trying to look the part, but on the inside, you're rotten and dead. Hallelujah. Showing no love. And I told you last week, love is a part of holiness. Uh, so legalism does not produce true holiness. No, not if you're doing it because you're afraid of a man. Oh, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. Uh, and Jesus said, don't be afraid of the person that can destroy the body, but rather the one who can destroy both body and soul. We have a lot of uh, kings and queens, so to speak, uh, czars and, uh, you know, prime ministers in church who, who throw out a whole lot of legalistic stuff, but it's not holiness. Hallelujah. Holiness is unto God, not unto man. Holiness is not something that's man-made. Holiness is unto God. So uh, if it's not legalism, there's another tactic that the enemy uh, uses uh, often with the person who has been under a legalistic, uh, a legalistic system, you know, uh, and he'll whisper in that person's ear, uh, you're too conscientious or uh, you're too concerned about keeping the rules and about uh, all of your failures. But God is a God of grace. And that is true. God is a God of grace. Uh, but we should not use God's grace in ex as an excuse to live recklessly. Uh, can I talk to you tonight? Uh, so that person eventually forgets about the fact that they, they are sin. They are sinners that need the salvation of God, that need God to keep them. And even John said, he who says he has no sin is a liar. Uh, so uh, they just said, well, forget about what you did last night. Forget about what you said. Just, just forget about all of that. Everybody sins. It's normal to sin. Uh, accept yourself, right? 
uh, accept all of your faults and stop worrying about so much of your sins. And what they're doing is talking you out of living a repentant life. So if you mess up, you don't, don't worry about going back and asking for forgiveness. Just keep doing what you do. God understands. Everybody sins, right? Don't worry about a thing. And so the person swings from uh, legalism to licentiousness. Uh, the other word is lasciviousness, with his, uh, which means a perversion. Hallelujah. You're just, you're just perverted now. You're doing whatever you want to do. This is why uh, there are people in the church that feel like, well, I could be and do whatever I want to do and still call myself holy, right? Uh, so you have legalism and you have licentiousness or lasciviousness. Uh, Jude said it like this, they're not spiritual, they're sensual. Uh, and they're doing everything in their flesh. So um, what I just described to you, I'm really not two opposites, you know. Uh, they're, they're extreme views, uh, but they're actually two sides of the same coin, two sides of the same coin. Both are, both are a fleshly approach uh, to the sin problem. It's a fleshly approach to holiness, and you can't live holy in your flesh. And I told you last week, um, just because you you wear three-inch stockings, right? That's the the legalistic approach. You got they got to be three-inch. Don't perm your hair, right? Uh, all of this stuff you're doing, and I'm now I'm holy. But if your heart is not right, and that's where holiness begins. If your heart is not right, then you're still not holy. The other side of the coin is licentiousness or lasciviousness, where you're just doing whatever the flesh tells you to do. They're both fleshly, right? And I wouldn't say they're opposites. I would just say one is heads, one is tail. It's on the same coin uh, because both are a fleshly approach to the sin problem, a fleshly approach um, to uh, holiness, and both uh, are really opposed to the true grace of God because the true grace of God brings about a change from the inside out. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, being saved and being holy does not give me license. And even Paul talked about that. Don't allow your freedom to corrupt you so much so until you're walking around saying, I can do whatever I want to do and I'm okay. No. Uh, and we'll talk about this in another lesson because some people feel like uh, God will accept anything I give him. And that, my friend, is not the truth. Um, so understand, uh, both licentiousness or lasciviousness, both uh, lasciviousness and legalism are, are the same coin, just two sides of the same coin, and both are opposed to the true grace of God. Uh, and the grace of God is the key to holiness. Let me say it again. The grace of God is, is the key, Romans 6 and 14 sin shall not have dominion. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law, but under grace. So I'm not holy just because I follow a rule or regulation. And I'm not holy just because I've, I've flipped the coin. And now I'm saying because uh, of the grace of God, I can do whatever I want to do, right? I can do the boogaloo and hoopaloo and all that other stuff, and I'm still holy. No, 
Hallelujah. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm still under subjection. And there, there are things under grace that say I can't be everything and do everything the world says because I'm under grace. I'm being submissive to the power, hallelujah, and the privilege of grace. And, and that's another lesson too, and this is it and it's powerful, but there's some people that feel just because of grace, and Paul said it like this, if I make myself a sinner, if I make myself a sinner, if I go back and do the things that God delivered me from, I'm making myself a sinner and I'm frustrating the grace of God. Because the grace of God has a has a restrainer also. I'm living, I'm living within the freedom and the power of grace, but it does not mean that I have an option or I should have a desire or I should go against and go back into what he's delivered me from. So let's let's go deeper into the lesson now of our foundation scripture again in the book of Psalms. Um Psalm number 116, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I'm your servant. I'm your servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds and I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all of his people. I, I love this. I love this particular psalm, this piece of music that David wrote, and he's he's the thrust of it really is he's praising God for delivering him from the power of, of death. Hallelujah. And I'm tying it in because understand the wages of sin is death. And when God saved us, he delivered us from the power of death. And there are three things, uh, you know, there are more than three, but I want to I want to pull out three things out of this particular piece of music, this psalm, uh, I want to extract from this and, and put it into nice lesson. And so you'd understand that this should be a, a gratitude that flows from your heart uh, because you've experienced salvation. And there ought to be a gratitude. Uh, so much gratitude until you're willing to do whatever God has commanded you to do. I've experienced this salvation and I'm so happy and I'm not just saying I'm happy, but I'm showing him how grateful I am for this salvation. Remember in the book of Hebrews, the writer said, how can you neglect so great a salvation? I felt that. Um, the first thing is love. Uh, love. And we find that in the first verse of this, of this piece of music, Psalm 116 and 1, love. I love the Lord. Why? because he have heard my voice and my supplications. Hallelujah. The second thing uh, that, that shows gratitude for my salvation, love, I've said number one, number two, loyalty. Loyalty. People say they love you, but they're so disloyal to you. They just go with any wind and doctrine, anybody that comes along, and then they come back and say, I love you. We do God that way too, don't we? Some, some of us do God like that, but when you love him, you'll be loyal to him. Psalms 116 and 2, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. He's my man as long as I live. Hallelujah. I'm going to call upon 
the Lord. I won't call on nobody else. I won't see nobody else. I won't love nobody else. I won't hold nobody else. I won't praise nobody else because he's done so much for me. The third thing is, and it pulls in his holiness. The third thing is living righteously before him. And we learned last week that holiness is righteousness in action. So righteous living is a way of showing my gratitude for all the Lord has done for me. Psalm 116 and um, the ninth verse, she says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. My God, I love that, that Psalm so much. So uh, let's, let's dig deeper because we're understanding now uh, that the heart of holiness is holiness in my heart. And if I have holiness and it starts in my heart, I'm going to love, I'm going to be loyal, and I'm going to walk uprightly before the Lord. And I believe that one reason, thank you, Jesus, I believe that one reason uh, that, uh, well, many in the church are falling away from holiness. People are falling away from holiness, and, I, and we talked about it last week. It seems like it's passe, and when you talk about holiness, people get disinterested. Uh, and I think one reason why is because it's not in people's heart like it used to be. Everybody's trying to be like the Joneses. Everybody's trying to be like the world. Um, it's not like it. It's not like it used to be. When I, and you know, I'm I'm not an old fella, but when I was coming up. People talked about holiness all the time, uh, and you could tell it was in their hearts. Uh, and, and Sister Tyler, when you sung that song, we could tell it was in, it's in my heart, a melody of joy divine. Uh, it was something that people embraced, and it wasn't just something that you witnessed in church. It was beyond the white uniform. It went beyond uh, the prayer veils, but when, when you saw, uh, people in the street, when you saw them in school, when you saw them in the store, you can tell uh, that there was a rich motivation to please God. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't a show. It's not a show. I love the Lord and I'm living my life uh, in such a way where I'm showing everyone that I'm really in love with God. Uh, and so holiness is in my heart. It starts in my heart and it's an individual thing. Uh, it's, it's an individual thing. Yes, it is. Each one of us, each one of you watching me, each one of you listening to me, everyone, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we've already identified and defined uh, holiness as being separated. We did this last week, separated, set apart um, for God, consecrated and made over to him, over to him. And we have uh, also defined salvation as being delivered from our sins. He brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light, and he saved me from the consequences of sin. Sin has consequences. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, sin has consequences. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, um, God's plan of salvation was to destroy the yoke, 
to bring us out of this bondage. Paul said, I was born with this death sentence on me, but the Lord delivered me. He set me free and he gave me life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And holiness is a foundational principle of this plan because after he saves me, I am expected to walk in holiness. A holy God saved me. A holy God saved me. A holy God saved me. And because he saved me and what he put on the inside of me enables me to walk uprightly before him. The Holy Spirit is power to live right. It's not just power to speak in tongues. It's not just power to dance and run around, but the Holy Spirit is God's power to live right. Remember that song, power, power, Lord, that power, that dunamis power gives you the authority, hallelujah, to mortify the deeds of your flesh and to walk uprightly and to live beyond your failing flesh. You have the power to live right. You have the power to live right. Oh, thou art inexcusable, old man. That's what Paul said. There's no excuse when you get the Holy Ghost. You can't continue to use excuses when you have power to live holy. That's a message right there, power to live holy. Uh, so there are many in the church, unfortunately, who have, have changed. Even preachers are altering and changing things to accommodate the world, to, to make things more palatable. Uh, you know, so people can feel comfortable. But I, I don't, I really don't believe that salvation is about making you comfortable in this world. Not when Jesus said, this world is not your home. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And holy is our God. And I want to tell you that heaven is a holy place made for holy people. And it's a holy people that he is coming back for. So why are people changing? Why are people uh, shunning holiness? Why are they pushing it away? Why are they giving up on this way of holiness? Why aren't people excited about living holy before our God? They're, we're no longer awestruck about the holiness of God. Why don't we hear people bragging about how holy God is? Hallelujah, with tears coming down their face. You're a, you're a holy God. And, and the scriptures talk about the beauty of holiness. God wears holiness like a garment. Hallelujah. And it's a beautiful garment. So the uh, plan of salvation deals with the fact that the creator has become my savior, right? He has become my savior. The word has become flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ died for my sins. He brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now um, he wants us to walk in a, a holy way. And this Holy Spirit that abides on the inside leads me down a holy path. Hallelujah. The creator is my savior. And don't forget, uh, don't you dare forget what it took to get you to where you were. Here's another issue. Perhaps why people stray from holiness is because they have forgotten what God had to do to get them out of where they were. Some of us were jacked up, messed up, 
Hallelujah. Some of us still have the track marks in our arms. And the Lord loosed your chains. And we have the audacity uh, to move away from his holy way of life. Uh, and to say to God, I don't want to do that. Uh, and let the devil talk you into this mess about that's that's bondage. I'll, you know, holiness is not bondage. Not when it's according to God's word. Now, if it's all wrapped up in the minds of men and you're doing it and putting it on and taking it off just because some man told you and your heart is still not right with God, you're not really walking in holiness. And don't you dare forget what it took to get you to where you are right now. I feel like preaching right here. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. This is what Paul says to his son in the gospel, uh, Titus. Pastor Titus, he says, for we ourselves were also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is, this is where we come from. But he says, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. My God, he saved me because I couldn't save myself. He, he saved us, Paul said, how did he do it? By the washing of regeneration, hallelujah, by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's a renewal. He washed us and he, he re-energized us. He cleansed us. So um, this is powerful what Paul is talking about. He saved you. Don't forget where God brought you from. And one of the reasons why Paul uh, is, is being so strong with this with Titus is because Titus was talking about the saints. He was complaining, you left me here. Uh, to deal with these folk, and they not this, and they not that. And Paul was saying one way, uh, let me help you. When, you. when you're dealing with others, don't judge them, uh, and don't do so much complaining with them. Keep preaching and teaching, and let them know that holiness is still right. Holiness is still right. But one thing that will help you is remembering where God has brought us from. Right? Paul said, I had issues too, and remember... Uh, and Paul said, I was in church. I was a devout Jew, but I was still jacked up. I was religious, but I wasn't saved. I was religious, but I wasn't real holy. I wore the right robes. I had tassels hanging from my robes. I sat at the feet of Gamil. I had all of this, but I wasn't right. I knew all the rules, but I wasn't right. I knew how, I knew which fork to use and what knife to use. I knew how to fold my napkin. I knew how to operate in the synagogue. I knew all of the chants. I knew how to rock from side to side, but I still wasn't right. Hallelujah. And I think we need to stop focusing so much on all of this stuff and get folks right with God. Hallelujah. If I'm right with God, you won't have to worry about how I dress. My pants won't be too tight. You won't have to worry about me looking like the world if you deal with my heart. Because that's where holiness begins, not in my closet. Holiness don't begin in my closet. Holiness begins in my heart. Hallelujah. I'm feeling this thing. So 
he says it's not no righteousness of our own, but he, he saved us. He saved my soul. And because of this, hallelujah, because of this, I'm, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. So now let's talk. Uh, I've got to hasten on. Let's talk about the fact um, that there's a there's an aspect in it concerning my praise now, uh, because before before I got saved, before I got the Holy Ghost, I went to church and I clapped my hands and I I played the tambourine. As a matter of fact, I was raised in the church, but I wasn't in God until I gave my life to Him. He wasn't in me until I gave my life to Him. I didn't get the Holy Ghost until I gave my life to Him. I wasn't really living holy. I didn't really understand what holiness was all about. And I saw people in their uniform. I saw people take off earrings and put things on their head. I, I saw all the rules and regulations on the piece of paper, but I really didn't start understanding holiness until I gave my heart to God. And when I gave my heart to God, there was something different about my praise. Hallelujah. It, it's a holy praise now. It's a holy praise now. It's a holy praise. Look at just just look at somebody. If you're sitting in the room with somebody and said, listen, even your praise has to be a holy praise. Uh, then sang Moses, Exodus chapter 15, one and two. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. Horse and his rider hath he thrown into the Red Sea. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he's singing now, and that's something Moses hadn't done in years. But because he's been delivered, he's actually walking in his deliverance. They're no longer held down by Pharaoh. Then sang Moses. I'm singing now because I'm free. Remember that song? I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. Even your song changes. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom we have redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Now, I know anybody can clap their hands, but they clap, can't clap their hands like somebody that's been brought out of darkness into something different about that praise. Hallelujah. And he said, he has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. Powerful. Verse 11 of that same chapter. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like the glorious? Listen to what Moses is saying. Even the praise and the singing now is powerful. He said, who is like thee among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? Hallelujah. Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. So we're not, we're not praising you like you're some golden calf. We're not praising you like you're, you're some god of Egypt. You are God, you are mighty. You opened up a Red Sea. You did all of this for us. You brought me out of all of this mess. My praise is even different now. And Moses starts singing about the holiness of God, who is like the glorious in holiness. I love the Lord. How about you? The Lord shall reign forever. 
Hallelujah. The Lord shall reign forever. So he's not just talking about sitting on the throne, hallelujah, but he's sitting on my heart and he's reigning forever. He's reigning forever. I love the Lord. And we should have even not only our praise should be be different uh, because we're walking in holiness. We're we're adhering to the fact that he has saved us. He has brought us out. But also I have a gratitude because I understand God's mercy. I, I did not get what I deserve. Hallelujah. He he did not treat me according to what I deserve. Just let that marinate and people are walking away from the holiness of God and acting as though God has had no mercy in their life. And they're even playing with the fact that treating holiness, have you ever seen a cat with, with a mouse? The mouse could be, a, the mouse is still alive, but the cat is knocking him around, playing with him. And, and we treat holiness like a cat and a mouse and we flip it around. And, and this is how uh, we treat worship and praise. And this is how we treat uh, the things of God, and, and it's not everyone. I'm just saying uh, as, as though it's some kind of game, but it's not a game. God, the Lord took time to save us. He took time to bring us out of bondage. He took time to deliver our souls and bring us out. Hallelujah. And we owe him. Yes. And you've heard it. And, and we, you've heard it. We owe him the praise. But that statement is a whole lot deeper than what I just said, because your praise is not any old kind of praise. And I know the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But someone who has been delivered, someone who has been brought out. Hallelujah. You, you are praising him in the beauty of holiness. And there's something different. There's something different about that praise. It's a praise that acknowledges that God has done something in your life and you are grateful for the mercy that God has shown towards you. The mercy of God. Hallelujah. If God allowed me to have what I deserved, all the stuff that I've done, I wouldn't be sitting right here right now. The least I could do is walk uprightly before him. Listen, that we have jobs and we do whatever the boss tells us to do. Yep. Yes, you do. You do whatever that boss tells you to do. Why? Because you want a paycheck. Well, remember that song that the missionaries used to sing, put your time in because payday is coming after a while. And, and some of us, let me tell you, some people are walking away from holiness and acting like there's still a payday coming, but it ain't the kind of payday you, you're singing about. We have to walk the walk. We have to walk this walk. We have to walk in holiness, and it should be with a grateful heart, grateful because God has had mercy upon us. David writes, I will give thee thanks. I'm going to do it in the great congregation. I'm going to praise God in front of everybody. I'm going to praise him among much people. Yes, I am. I'm going to praise him because I understand his mercy and the fact that God didn't allow what was supposed to happen, happen to me. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks unto thee. Do we give thanks for that thy name is near thy wondrous works 
declare. Hallelujah. This is a song that Asaph wrote uh, back in the day, and he's, he's honoring God uh, because God has done so many wonderful things for him. And he said, my praise is going to declare the wonderful works of God. So I'm not just praising him because the organ is playing. I'm not just praising him because you're singing my favorite song. I understand that the Lord had to do a whole lot of stuff to get me out of where I was, and I'm going to live holy before him. I'm going to walk up rightly before my God. And this is why Paul writes in, in the book of Ephesians, uh, that I'm, I'm thanking God always, and I'm praising God, and I'm making mention of you always in my prayer, and I'm praying you, that the Lord will continue to put wisdom inside of you, that you'll understand, you'll understand some things, hallelujah, you'll start understanding, and you'll, you'll have that revelation concerning where God has brought you from, how God had to deliver you, and now he has set you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. When you get saved, God, he lifts you up and puts you up in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And guess what? That place is a holy place. That place is a holy place. And folks don't want to live holy, but they want to claim salvation. And this is where Paul is coming from. God has put you in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus, and that is a holy place. So why aren't people motivated? After all of what I've said, and I'm coming to a close, I'm not going to hold you long tonight, but I'm going to come back uh, with some more holiness talk. Why aren't people motivated today to walk holy, to live holy before the Lord? And, and we talked about legalism and lasciviousness licentiousness. Uh, we talked about all of that. Uh, we have stapled so many rules and, and the holiness church, some degree in some areas, we have become so legalistic where we, we don't even say God said anymore. We say, well, the pastor said, the pastor said, the pastor said. You don't even say what God said anymore. And holiness is not about who your pastor is. Holiness is about who your God is who your God is, you know? Let me tell you something. When you follow men so much until after that man is no longer there, you don't know what to do. You can't find God because that man is no longer there. Something is wrong. Hallelujah. Something is wrong. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it one more time. Something is wrong. Your motivation comes from wanting to please God. And I know we have leaders, and I'm not knocking pastors. Uh, my pastor, I consider my, my former pastor to be one of the best. He was a true man of God. And, and before he passed away for a long time, Bishop William Lee Bonner was preaching, how do you see God, right? And he was a humble man, uh, and he would come into the building. You know how folks do. Uh, they get up. When the, when the preacher walks in, they stand up and Bishop Bonham would tell him, sit down, I'm not your God. He didn't want people that treat him like he was God. I'm a man, yes, I'm a man of God, but don't worship me. You worship God, follow God. He leads you, a man, a true man of God is going to lead you to God. He's gonna lead you to God. 
I'm going to say it one more time. He's going to lead you to God. So holiness is what you do for God. Only what you do for Christ will last. And I feel some of you tightening up uh, because you've been following people for so long. And when that person is no longer there, you're lost. Something is wrong with that. Holiness is about being pleasing to God, being faithful to God. Yes, we're supposed to honor those who have rule over us. We're supposed to follow our leaders, yes. But even Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. A lot of people have lost their motivation to live holy. Why is there such a lack of motivation towards holiness? Even a negative attitude towards, towards living holy, right? Uh, and, and we talked about a little earlier, knowing what God has done and being truly grateful should motivate us to live holy. Lord, I want to please you. I want to walk uprightly before you. I want to walk uprightly before you. I, I want to do what you ask me to do. Um, listen, listen to this. I have in my notes, God himself loved me from eternity. He said to Jeremiah, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Before you got here, I already loved you. He has redeemed you, right? He has redeemed you from hell. Yes, he did. He redeemed you. He rescued you from the grips of hell through the cross. That's what the cross is all about. Hallelujah. He redeemed you. He brought you out of your sins and committed himself totally to completely transform you. He committed it to you. He said, I'm going to do this for you. I love you so much. I'm going to commit to this plan. I'm going to save your soul and I'm going to commit totally to your transformation. I'm going to transform you into the likeness and the image of my dear son. I want you to be like I am, right? So I could set you, present you faultless. Hallelujah. Glorified before my father. Yes, I am. I want you to be with me throughout eternity. And in order to get there, you have to follow me into holiness. Be ye holy for I am Holy. Remember what Paul wrote in uh, in Romans chapter twelve. This is what Romans says. Paul Paul writes these words, uh, and this is my act of an act of worship, an act of worship, an act of worship. Right? He says, "I beseech you," and you, some of you can quote it with me. Romans twelve and one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here's that word again, holy. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Living holy is a reasonable service. And nobody should have to beg you to live a holy life. That's irreasonable. It's the least I could do for somebody who has done so much for me. Why are we fighting so much about walking upright before God who has made so much sacrifice just so I could be with him? He's done all this just so you could be with him 
and folks that are griping and fussing about living holy. I don't know if I want to do all that. I don't know. I don't know. I got to give up so much. I got to know. He's done so much for you. As it, Paul said, it's your reasonable service. Present yourself. Bring yourself before the Lord. Your body as a living sacrifice. Holy. Say it with me. Holy. A acceptable unto God. Acceptable unto God. And I need to park it just for a second here because there are some things that men are saying are is acceptable, but it's not acceptable unto God. People are saying, oh, it's acceptable. It's not acceptable unto God. He doesn't accept any old thing. Nope, not if you're going to hang out with him. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So three instruments of my salvation, three things that were instrumental in my salvation, the love of God, the grace of God, and the mercy of God. Those are three things so far that we've hit. He loved me. So much so until he extended grace and mercy towards me. That's why I'm saved. This is why I have the Holy Ghost. Because he loved me, because of his grace, and because of his mercy. Because we don't deserve so great of a salvation. No, we don't. Hallelujah. But he saved me. Paul said, but he saved us. We were living in diverse lust. We were acting a fool. Oh, yes. And I was in church. I was in the church, but I was still acting a fool. It wasn't until I got saved. The Lord delivered me. He set me free. Hallelujah. His love, his grace, and his mercy. Let's go now to Romans uh, chapter 9. And I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. Uh, this is what Paul is writing. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Hmm. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Hallelujah. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath the mercy, therefore rather, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. So there are those he has mercy on, and he chooses whom he's going to have mercy on. He's going to, he chooses, and I'm so glad the Lord decided to have mercy on me. He said, because when it, when it came to Pharaoh, um, he just hardened his heart. There are some, he just hardens their heart. And that's another lesson within itself. I feel some of y'all tightening up on me, but he chooses you. I can't, I couldn't come to Jesus unless he invited me. I couldn't come to the father unless he made a way for me. I couldn't do that unless he made a way for me. Your, your, your salvation was a choice that God made before you, before you showed up on the scene. He had already decided. He had already decided that he was going 
to save you, whom he foreknew, he also did what? Justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. He already knew he wanted to save my soul. Romans 11, verse 30. And through 32, for as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. So let me explain what Paul is saying in these verses for those um you know, he said, well, what are you talking about, Fields? Paul is saying that if you are aware of God's mercy in your life, if you are aware of God's mercy, you know it was the mercy of God that brought you to where you are, then you should show yourselves grateful. If, if, if you know it's the mercy of God that you should be dead, that you should have been uh, left out there, that you should have lost your mind, it was God's mercy, then you ought to show your gratitude to him by living holy before him. You ought to show yourself grateful for it. Uh, and, and this is the way I put it in my notes. Show yourself grateful by the thoroughness, by the thoroughness of your commitment to God. Don't just, don't just be committed on Sunday. That's not thorough. That's just, I'll give you one day, that's not really living holy. You mean only the only time you're holy is on, on a Sunday? That's not thorough commitment. That's not thorough commitment. A thorough commitment. You show your gratitude by the thoroughness of your commitment to God. So let me say it this way then on, in this lesson today. Then my thoroughness is my holiness. I felt that your thoroughness, a thorough commitment to God is, is holiness, living holy before him. Holiness, meaning I'm giving my all to God because God has given and continues to give his all to me. God is not slack concerning his promise. God is not a half-do God, like some of us half-do. You half-do praise. You praise God like, oh, I don't really want to be here, right? Uh, half-do. I'm not going to give God my best. But God gave you his best, his only begotten son, his best. God don't give half-do nothing. He, he doesn't come from a halfway house. God was thorough in his commitment to me. And he continues, great is thy faithfulness. It is of the Lord's mercy that you have not been consumed. Hallelujah. I'm feeling this in my spirit. His compassions faileth not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So, because he's done so much for me, because of his mercy and his grace, and because he has brought me out, hallelujah, it's my reasonable service to be thorough in my commitment God. And my thoroughness is my holiness, walking up right before him, meaning that I'm giving my all to him. Lord, I'm giving you my all. I'm praising you to the best of my ability. I'm giving you all of my heart, hallelujah, because you gave to me and you continue to give every day, morning by morning. 
you mercies I see. He not only gives, but he's giving. And he continues to give. Hallelujah. He didn't just save. Hallelujah. But he continues to save. He continues to pour into me. He continues to bless. Uh, John, on one occasion, in his gospel, says it's grace upon grace. Every time I turn around, the Lord is doing something in my life. And the least I can do is live holy before this holy God. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to save me. I'm feeling this in my spirit. He didn't have to deliver me. So then I should be zealous for, hallelujah, the Lord's glory. I should be so devoted to a purpose, hallelujah. I should be so devoted to, to living for God. Uh, and there should be some enthusiasm in my walk and my talk. Hallelujah. I love holiness. I love God. I love everything about God. And it's, it's often said uh, that uh, God's goal in his plan of salvation uh, is to exalt himself by exalting us. And I understand that. I understand that because his righteousness is revealed through me and he gets the glory out of my life. Hallelujah. And the more he does for me, the more he's revealing who he is, the more of him people will see in my life. I want to take you to Colossians. Um, I'll take you to Colossians uh, chapter, chapter one. Mm -hmm. Chapter one. Um, I want to say it's verse, yeah, verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead and in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So uh, here, Paul is, is talking about eternal things. He Everything he created, and he created for himself. He created for himself. So, uh the central, what is central to my redemption is deliverance from the dominion or power of darkness. The dominion or power of darkness. So what he did is he took us out of this kingdom of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of his dear son, right? Uh, and he made peace through the blood peace through the blood of this cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. He has done all of this. And, and Paul is trying to stir up some enthusiasm. You should be happy about this. And now the Colossians were being pulled away by sociological ideas and philosophy, and they were getting excited about all this, this new knowledge, right? There's all this stuff, and, and 
Paul saying you ought to be excited about your salvation. You, you ought to be zealous about what Christ has done in your life. You, if you want to get deep, get deeper into his grace and his mercy, get deep about the chains that he broke and, and understand how messed up you are. And he has done all of this to reconcile you unto him. Hallelujah. He has proven his love for you. He has proven his power by disconnecting you and breaking you from those chains that were holding you down and you are to walk, hallelujah, in his way. You are in the new kingdom now. Hallelujah. You have been delivered from the dominion and the powers of darkness and now you're in the kingdom of God and God's kingdom is holy. God's kingdom is holy. Don't walk against Hallelujah, the principles of this kingdom. Don't live against the principles of this kingdom. Not if you want to see God. If you're in the kingdom and you're happy about being in the kingdom of God, then you are to walk with some enthusiasm and how uh, you should be happy about holiness. You should be happy about holiness. I'm sorry. Don't talk negative about holiness. Don't get around me and talk about holy. There's nothing boring about holiness. There's nothing sloppy about holiness. Holiness is beautiful. Why? Because my God is holy and he's a beautiful God. And he has done so much. There's so much I can talk about. So many powerful scriptures that talk about how he has severed us from the, this power, this dominion, this demonic stuff God has brought you out of. He's done stuff for you. You can't even pronounce out of your mouth. There are demons' names you don't even know that he had to, hallelujah, push away from you just so you could walk down the street. Things that he's doing while you're snoring at night uh, and you don't want to live holy before this God? Something is wrong if we walk away from holiness. Something is wrong. Hallelujah. We don't really love him like we say we love him if we're willing to throw away his holiness and, and salvation. Hallelujah. I can't talk about how saved I am if I'm rejecting the holiness of my God. And it starts in my heart. I love him. So I want to keep his commandments. I love him. So I want to walk up rightly before him. I love him. So everything I do, I want to do it to please him. I want to please him in how I talk, how I walk. Yes, I want to please him in how I dress Lord, does this look right? Am I, am I representing the kingdom properly? Yes, I want to honor him in the places I go. Yes, hallelujah, because I want to be determined to live holy. And if you ask me a question about holiness, I'm going to put a smile on my face because I love this God that saved my soul and I'm happy about holiness. And I want you to know and I'm going to close out here because I've held you long enough, but I'm coming back. I promise next week, if the Lord says so, we're going to go into part three of holiness. I'm not going to stop talking about holiness until the Lord releases me to talk about something else. But here, I, I, want, to, I want to close out like this. I see my time running out. I want to close out with this tonight. There, there can be no holiness without and you can write it down without a Christ-centered, Christ-seeking, Christ-serving, or Christ-adoring heart. And I didn't say nothing about your dress or earrings, 
But if Christ is not the center, if, if you're not seeking more of him, if you're not serving Christ, and if you're not adoring Christ, then there's no holiness. There's no true holiness if Christ isn't the center. There's not true holiness if you're not seeking more of him. There's not true holiness. You can't have true holiness if you're not serving Christ. If you're not serving Christ. If you're not serving Christ. And there's no true holiness if you don't adore him. If you don't adore him. My God, I feel that in my spirit. So let's close out with these three things. Three things. Um, three things uh, that I'm glorifying God with. And I'm, I'm doing this all with a, with a holy heart, wanting to please him. I'm, I'm, it's my witness, my worship, and my service. My witness, how, how, I, how I walk before men, how I live before men, how I walk in this world is a witness. Is, is my witness glorifying God? Is my witness pleasing to God? Is my witness exemplifying the holiness of God? When people see me, when people see you, are we witnessing to the power and the grace and the love of Christ? My worship, my worship, is it glorifying God? You know that song? Yeah, I know some of you are probably singing it now. My worship is for real. Because my, my worship is all about my relationship with this holy God. Is it real worship if I'm not living a holy life before him? Think about it. Now, this is not an indictment. I just want us to think, is it real worship if I'm not willing to walk up rightly before him? Because what makes it real? Because I'm in church? Because the organ is playing? Because everybody is watching me? Because it's my time to lead praise and worship? Is it for real if I'm not living a holy life before God? So it's my witness. I glorify him. My worship must glorify him. And my service. My service. I, I know... Uh, in, in our environment, we've been taught to come to church for service, but I don't serve God in church. I worship God in church. My service unto him is, is what I do when church is over. Serve, ministering, yeah, interceding, helping others be reconciled, doing for others so I can please God. Three things, something to think about, witness, my worship, and my service. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here. And if we've been blessing you, if you've been blessed and you want to plant a seed in this ministry, um, you may do so, Brother Craig. Here, we'll put it on the screen for you tonight. And um, you can give, maybe perhaps you weren't able to pay your tithes over the weekend, you want to do it now, you may do so. Follow the instructions on the screen. And those of you who are watching in the Bronx, in the New York area, you may use Givelify. Uh, it's Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx. Uh, the Lord bless you all there in New York. 
you may do so, you may use uh, Givelify. I want to close out with this prayer, uh, and we're still talking about holiness, and we're striving every day to be what God wants us to be. Yes, uh, it's, it's a walk, it's a challenge, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible to live holy if, if it's, he's really in my heart. It starts here. It starts here in my heart. Give him your heart. Hallelujah. It's not about men. It's not about what people say. It's about the word of God. It's about following Christ and being what the Lord wants me to be, to please him. Yes, my witness, my worship, and my service. He didn't save me to be like the world. He saved me so I could become like he is. He didn't save me to live an unholy life. He saved me so I can walk uprightly before him. Yes, my witness, my worship, and my service. Touch the screen, won't you? And let's pray this prayer. If you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sin, you may have been watching me tonight and you want to give your life to the Lord. I, I want you uh, to open up your heart. Talk to the Lord honestly, and sincerely about uh, the fact that you want him to change your life and come into your life. And I want you to send me an email. Send it to admin at grtdc dot org and someone uh, who's a part of the staff they'll reach out to you and they'll let you know exactly what you need to do and uh, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost you need to be baptized in Jesus name send us an email say Pastor Fields I want to be baptized in Jesus name someone from my staff will get back to you and tell you what you need to do. They'll tell you where you need to go and someone will baptize you into that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pray a prayer for everyone now. Father, we're determined to be your holy children. Help us, Father. We, we realize that you're a holy God and you want us to be a holy people. And in the midst of all that we're going through and in the midst of all of these different teachings and different beliefs oh god we we're struggling to get to what you really mean and what rich you really want from us we understand that we have to get into this word so your word can get into us and we understand that holiness begins in our heart we don't want to have a form of godliness but we want to be truly your children hallelujah walking in holiness, living and breathing in holiness. Teach us thy ways, O Lord. Help us that we'll be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you all, and I want to thank you for faithfully tuning in and uh, connecting with uh, our teaching. And we're going to come back, Lord willing, next week with part three. Holiness is still right. Oh, yes, it is. I don't care what other folks say. Holiness is still right. The Lord bless you. Until next time. Peace.